Welcome to the Prosperity Gap, where we discuss the financial gap that exists between you and your retirement. It's time to bridge that gap. Hello, Prosperity Nation. Welcome to another episode of the Prosperity Gap, the show where I help you bridge the gap that exists between you and your retirement. My name is Dave Hall, and I will be your host. Over the last 20 plus years of my career, I focused my efforts as a CPA on helping Americans take advantage of little-known tax and retirement strategies that many other advisors often overlook. At times, it has seemed like an overwhelming task. I often feel like a fish swimming upstream because at times I end up butting heads with traditional advisors who want to continue approaching retirement planning the same way it has been approached for decades. But then I get testimonials like the following one I received from Dawn, and it makes everything I'm doing to help retirees have a more risk-free retirement completely worth it. Dave Hall is an outstanding presenter. I take a lot of seminars. If Dave is not at the top, he is in the top three for sure. He presents the information in a way that is understandable. He teaches very useful topics that I'm not seeing from others. Great information for those planning for retirement. Prosperity Nation, I'm not sharing this to just pat myself on the back, although sometimes we all need a little pick-me-up. I'm sharing this because I believe Don's testimony identifies so well what I'm trying to do with my podcast and webinars. My goal is to share ideas and concepts you're not going to hear talked about by the majority of mainstream financial advisors. And I'm not doing this because I'm trying to be contradictory to what other advisors teach. I'm doing it because my research has shown that if you cannot eliminate the risk facing your retirement, your chance of having the retirement you're dreaming of will be substantially reduced, which leads me to the topic for today's show, the fiscal gap in America, a topic that most financial advisors are aware of, but very few advisors are ever willing to talk about. But before we get into the details of the show, let's take a minute for a word from our sponsor. Today's show is being brought to you by eTrends Group, CPAs and strategic advisors. To learn more about their services and how they can help you with your common and not so common financial problems, go to www.etrendsgroup.com. Do any of you remember your first experience with a credit card? If you're like many Americans, the experience went something like this. You showed up to your first day of college in your VW bus that was tricked out with recently shined white wall tires and shag carpet curtains. You jump out of the bus with your newly pressed bell-bottom jeans and your button-up shirt that had more colors than Leonardo da Vinci's paint palette, excited to make your grand entrance as the most cool freshman to ever enter college. After walking a half mile across campus, you finally arrive to your destination. As you open the doors and take your first step into the student union building, you can't help but notice a bunch of tables lined up that are covered with some amazing swag. Anything from water bottles to beach towels, there are even t-shirts with your college logo. After walking around in a trance for a few minutes, you finally decide to approach the table that is covered with fuzzy dice. As you arrive at the table, you ask the person who appears to be in charge of the table how much it would cost you to buy a pair of these dice, because we all know when you own a VW bus, a pair of fuzzy dice is a must-have. The person behind the desk responds, oh, they are not for sale, but I will happily give you a pair of the dice if you will just complete this credit card application. You fill out the application, you get the free dice, which moves you one step closer 
to being the most cool freshman ever. And you also qualify for a credit card with a $500 limit. The first month after receiving the card, you start using it to pay for your dinners out with friends, gas for the VW bus, and a magical thing starts to happen. Your bank account is still loaded with money. So you say to yourself, self, this is awesome. And the next thing you do is you start going out spending down your bank account like you would any other month. The end of the month comes, you still have a few bucks in your account, and you question if life could get any better. Then the day of reckoning finally arrives. Your credit card statement shows up in the mail. You open it up and about pass out once you realize you owe the credit card company just under the $500 limit, but now you only have a few bucks left in your bank account to pay the bill. The fiscal gap in America is very similar to your own financial situation as it relates to that credit card bill you completely forgot about until the statement showed up in the mail. Only when it comes to the fiscal gap, we need to add a lot more zeros than you could ever get on to any credit card statement. The fiscal gap is the difference between the unrecorded liabilities America is responsible for and the expected assets the government plans to have available when these liabilities come due. These are liabilities that are not currently included on the financial statements of the government. And when you take into consideration liabilities such as Social Security, Medicare, and the national debt, the fiscal gap is almost incomprehensible. Some economists project the amount to be somewhere north of $200 trillion. Yes, that is a two with 14 zeros after it. More conservative estimates put the fiscal gap at somewhere between 100 and 150 trillion, which is still completely out of control. Now, why do we even care about the fiscal gap and why am I taking time to talk about it as part of my podcast? Isn't it just easier to live our lives and let things keep working as they are? The U.S. has made it this far. Doesn't that mean we will continue to move forward without any issues? As solid as some of these arguments are, We care because when it comes to financial responsibility, there is always a day of reckoning. Think back to that maxed out credit card from back in college. As much of a shock as it was to get the first statement, it came with a short-term get-out-of-jail-free card that most people took advantage of, which was that you could pay a small portion of what you owed on a monthly basis, but in order to accept this option, you would have to agree to pay interest on the outstanding balance. For many people, this was the beginning of the end. In the beginning, they tried to keep up with the interest that was increasing on a monthly basis, but in the end, some couldn't do it and ended up in bankruptcy. As a country, we're in a period of time where the government is paying historically low interest rates, which is providing us some huge benefits as a country because the monthly payments on our current national debt are at a level we can keep up with. But what happens if we increase the debt five to 10 times from the $26.5 trillion we're currently paying interest on and interest rates were to increase substantially? At this point, the government is left with only two options. First, instead of going bankrupt like you and I would have to do, they have the option to print more money, which all sounds good until it starts creating hyperinflation because the demand for goods and services has increased but we have a huge supply of money. Second, the government can increase taxes. Unfortunately, if you're living on fixed income during retirement, both options will cause you to be the biggest loser if you do not find your own solution to solving the problem. 
When it comes to inflation, you will not be able to stop the printing presses, but you can prepare yourself by making sure you have the correct amount of guaranteed inflation-adjusted lifetime income. The base of this income will be your monthly Social Security check, but Social Security is only meant to cover about 40% of your income needs in retirement, so you will need another solution. One option is a government or employer pension. But as we all know, pensions are becoming extremely rare and hard to find. So that takes us to the other option, which is a fixed indexed annuity. Now, I realize that many of you may have misgivings about annuities, and that's okay. I'm not asking you to love annuities, but I'm asking you to reconsider them because as longevity increases and government financial stability decreases, annuities can be a great way to eliminate many of the risks your retirement will face. Because not only can a fixed indexed annuity provide you with a guaranteed stream of income, no matter how long you live, it can also provide you with inflation-adjusted income for as long as you live, which is a huge benefit in retirement. Now, as important as annuity can be in good tax-free and risk-free retirement plan, please, Prosperity Nation, do not just rush out and buy an annuity for the sake of buying an annuity. An annuity should be included as part of an overall plan that is structured by a professional who is trained in what it takes to get you to the tax-free and risk-free retirement. When it comes to the government's need to increase taxes and the interest they will be charged as a result of the fiscal gap, you're not going to be able to stop them from doing this either because the debt is already incurred. But you can put yourself in a position to where taxes will not have to go up for you. You can do this by getting yourself into the 0% tax bracket in retirement. You have just over five years before taxes are expected to go up, which gives you knowledge you can then turn into power to change your future. With appropriate planning, you can move yourself off the train track of higher tax rates and into an environment where you can set yourself up with a tax-free retirement. In order to do this, though, you need to be willing to pay the entry fee which is you must be willing to pay taxes now. Because for you to get to the 0% tax bracket in retirement, you'll need to transfer assets from the taxable and tax deferred bucket during this time of historically low tax rates. As with your annuity, it's very important you get a professional involved to help you do this. Because if you don't structure everything correctly, you may find you're creating a bigger issue than you're trying to solve. Prosperity Nation, the fiscal gap is real. And there will come a day America will have to suffer the consequences of uncontrolled spending and a political system that punishes candidates who are willing to try to address the future financial viability of our country. But remember, there is good news. And the good news is you have time to prepare for the uncertainties of the future. So go to my website, theprosperityguy.com, and schedule a time to meet with one of our certified advisors. These individuals are trained to help you get out of the way of the consequences of the fiscal gap and into a tax-free and risk-free retirement. Prosperity Nation, it is time for questions and answers with our producer, C.R. Tulane. Hello, C.R. Welcome back. Glad to be here. (laughs) How's your week been? Well, you know, this week I have termed the week of service. And so I have three service projects because I have been in my house for so long. Now I need to get out and help people. So we did our first project last night and I've got two more coming up this week. I believe I saw some pictures of the one you're doing last night. It looked like it was a pretty dirty job, whatever it was you were doing. 
we had to dig a trench for a friend and then we had to bury it back up. It was intense. By the time I got done, I was completely covered head to toe in, in dirt. Hopefully it wasn't the same trench I had to dig as a young child. My parents didn't have the money to have a backhoe come in and d- dig our sewer trench when they put in the sewer system in our city going from the septic tanks that we had. So my brothers, my dad, and I had to dig a nine-foot trench that went about 100 to 200 feet. Wow, that's, a, that's painful. And no, we were not even near that. <laughs> yeah, it was an experience of a lifetime. We would go out after my dad got off work for weeks and just slowly dig. And by the time you get down to nine feet, your only system is to carry a bucket up over the top of your head to get it out of the hole. So it was quite a process, to say the least. Yeah, this one was about four feet deep, and most of the work has been done for us, and we had to dig some wire out, and then once we got that dug out, then we had to pull the wire out because he was installing new wire, and that was what we were doing, and at the end, it just got really, really dusty, and it got really dark, and I have some bruises up my arm from falling, but we're doing good so far. We've got one out of the three done. Service projects are a lot of fun. So I had an interesting experience this week, as you know, and the listeners know, I had to go get my cars out of Florida that had been shipped there from Puerto Rico, and then we drove them across the country. When I hit about the Alabama state line, I turned on the radio and a show called Tradio came on. Do you by chance remember a show called Tradio when you were growing up? I do not. So Tradio's premise, when it was originally created, was where someone would call into the radio show, they'd put them on air, and then they would offer something that they had and trade for something else. So maybe I've got a dozen eggs, I'm willing to trade those out for some flour. Here's my phone number, give me a call, and we'll make the exchange. Well, it slowly morphed into a situation where some people would just call in and offer whatever it was that they were selling. So it became like a radio version of Facebook Marketplace, any of those places. But I was really shocked to believe that it was still on the air. Did you find something great to get? I did not find something great. And I found it quite interesting because if you're driving, there's no way you're going to be able to write the phone number down. But I thought it was also quite interesting how excited the host would get. Some lady would call in and say that she had some bed sheets for sale and he'd get all super excited. And then she would give her phone number. He would repeat that phone number and then they'd go on to the next thing that someone was looking for some sheep shears because they needed to shear their sheep if anybody had those. And in the meantime, if they had a dog collar, they could call him and he would be interested in buying these items. So yeah, it was quite an interesting experience. And as I researched it, what I found is that it still exists in many parts of the country. I was hoping it was just in Alabama. No, no, it's uh, in many parts of the country, but it is very difficult. Again, if you're driving, that number comes across. Once it's gone, it's gone. So there's really no way to get back. I guess you can maybe call the radio station, see if they could give you the number after the fact. But it seemed very odd that that still exists in this world where it's so easy to just go online and connect with people. That is very strange, and I've never heard of that. So I think it's very interesting. I want to listen to this. Yeah, so the new name of it is Tradeline. So it used to be Tradio, and I guess they changed it. Maybe there was an issue with the copyrights to that name. I'm not sure what it is, but it's Tradeline. But if you go online, you'll be able to find many stations where they still run the show. Well, I'm just going to listen to some old episodes to hear this guy get super excited. (laughs) Yeah, it was quite interesting, to say the least. Well, how about if we go ahead and jump into this week's questions? Okay. Now, Dave, I'm just going to ask you these three questions and move on because my wife listened to the last show and said, CR, you talk way too much. Just get to the point and let Dave answer questions. So I'm going to be quick with you today. 
Uh, no need to be quick. I enjoy the dialogue <laughs> back and forth and I want to make sure that everybody gets a chance to get to know you better as well. All right. So question number one, do you recommend a plan for the tax-free bucket earlier than retirement? I do. And this is one of the misconceptions many people have when we talk about retirement and when we talk about ta tax-free and risk-free retirement is that you've got to wait until you get there to put the plan together. But that's not it at all. The plan is all about starting as early as you possibly can, especially during this period of time where we have historically low tax rates. So you can start putting into place everything you need. So once you get there, maybe 30, 40 years from now, everything's set up the way it should be. Do people honestly believe in waiting until retirement and to get things like this set up? That's crazy. It is crazy, but the majority of Americans, unfortunately, do. And a part of it's because of economics, because people have so many responsibilities during the working years when they're trying to raise children. They have college costs, all these other things they may be paying for. But yes, unfortunately, too many people wait too long, which is why 40% of America now is required to use Social Security as their only source of income. If you use only Social Security as your means of retirement, what, what are you going to live on? Yeah, it's a very big challenge for many people. And Social Security was set up to eliminate poverty during the retirement years. And it's done a good job of that. When it was put in place, 50% of retirees were in the poverty level. Now it's only 9.5%. But still, it's very difficult. If you're not putting a plan together and putting something aside, Social Security is not going to provide you with a great lifestyle. It will cover the basics of food and utility costs, those things, but it's definitely not going to provide you with a great lifestyle where you can do a lot of other things. Yeah, exactly. All right. Question number two, why wait to draw on my social security? Couldn't I just get it as soon as possible and invest those funds as I see fit at any time? I get asked this question once in a while. They're trying to ask is why should I wait until age 70 when I can take a lower amount, maybe at full retirement age or even back at age 62, invest that money if I don't need to spend it and be further ahead. Well, we're not here to tell anybody that they can't do it. You can do that. But what we found for most people is two things. Number one, they're struggling to get the rate of return off their other investments that they think they'll get. And number two, many of these other assets are not as secure as Social Security. The great thing about Social Security, you're getting that monthly inflation-adjusted check every month, like clockwork, based upon the date that you get that check coming in. We have a family friend who lost her husband and they were in their 60s. And uh, after he passed away, she went to go see what she could do on getting his retirement and different things moved over. But what happened was, is he retired too early and took everything out of his pension plan and everything from his work and left her with absolutely nothing when he passed away. And unfortunately, we see that happen too often that one spouse plans quite well for themselves, but does not include the life expectancy of the other spouse. And unfortunately in life, primarily it's the female that ends up getting hurt because usually she's the one that's going to outlive the male spouse. It's harder for me to look at this and think that realistically they're going to fall through with this. But, but I know that there's a majority out there who are trying to do this, but I just look at this as kind of being leery on my part. Well, if you talk to people and you were to ask them, how long do you expect to be retired? The average period, most people are going to give you is probably 10 to 15 years. But what we found is that if you retire at age 65, for many people, it's going to be 20, 25, even 30 years that they have to live through retirement. So plans are changing. The process needs to change. A retirement that's only going to last 10 to 15 years looks a whole lot different in the amount of money you need, the way you structure everything than a retirement that's going to be 30 years. Yeah, exactly. Okay, Dave, I have question number three. If you have a long-term investment horizon, 
wouldn't it make sense to take advantage of the additional compounding while the money is in the tax-deferred bucket? I believe this was a misunderstanding that someone had when they asked this question based upon some teachings that we've done. When we talked about moving money into the tax-free bucket, there was a misconception that once you moved it, for some reason, you were not going to continue to benefit from the investment of that money, that it was just going to sit there and be stagnant in what it was doing. That is not the case. Once you move that money, it needs to be as productive as it was before when it was in the tax deferred bucket. But now you've been able to remove the tax rate risk so that can grow as much and as fast as you want it to and now never have to worry about paying taxes on it in the future. Do a lot of people really just move their money and let it sit there? I mean, they're not really actively make it increase? You would be shocked at how many people do that, especially now with the market being so volatile. Anytime we have a volatile market, people get scared and many people make the wrong decision, which is pull out the market when the market's down because they're afraid it's going to go lower. Well, then what becomes their default? That's putting it into a bank account, certificate of deposit, all these things that are not keeping up with inflation. So that is one of the biggest risks that many retirees have right now is they're not keeping up with inflation. They've taken risk off the table completely in their minds, but what they haven't realized is that all their assets are now subject to inflation risk. Aren't people supposed to leave their money in retirement for a long period of time? Yeah, the the more time you have, the better off you're going to be. And that's why we talk about people getting started in their 20s, maybe even as early as in their teens with some people, their their family structure such that they're able to do that. But the more time you have, compounding interest is going to create a larger retirement asset. And therefore, when you get into retirement, you've got to be very careful too that you're not over-distributing. We talk about it here on the show all the time. The amount you can take out of a traditional plan is only 3%. And some people are saying it's only 2.8% per year. That's not very much money for you to be able to pull out and live off of without blowing up your retirement by pulling out too much. I promised my wife I wouldn't go crazy. I try to keep it really simple this time, but I still got out of there a little bit. But thank you so much for answering these three questions because I know we're just getting flooded with questions right now. No problem, CR. Thank you for being on the show. Prosperity Nation, if you've got questions, please feel free to submit them. As he mentioned, we do get hundreds of questions a week. Unfortunately, we're only able to answer a few of them here on this show, but we do our best to make sure you get all of your questions answered because it really is our goal to help you get to a tax-free and risk-free retirement. Thank you for joining us today for this episode of The Prosperity Gap. If you want to learn more about The Prosperity Guy, or if you have questions you would like answered on a future show, go to theprosperityguy.com. While on the site, take time to look around. We offer a number of educational opportunities for those who want to learn more about tax-free and risk-free retirement. 